The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are doing an AMA on air. Happy Friday, guys. Happy last day of March and happy me coming to you as a 30-year-old. Nothing has changed, if I'm totally honest. I'm actually recording this a few days before my birthday, so I feel like I'm lying to you a little bit. But I already know that nothing will have changed and I'm doing this so I can have uh, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday off. Obviously, you guys know I preach work-life balance and I definitely need a small break. So I'm going to be taking one. Now, our Friday episodes, if you are new here, they are called AMA on Air. It is Ask Me Anything on Air. I had a thought last night that I might actually change it to something else because I feel like I always get asked what it stands for and maybe we can personalize it a little bit. I might have to put a poll up in the Facebook group, but basically it is where you guys ask me questions every Monday night on my Instagram and I give you my hot take. We drop these episodes every single Friday and they are a mix of topics and discussions and they are also not a substitute for therapy or professional mental health help. And if you need that, please check the show notes. Now, we waste no time in these episodes. We get right into it. We usually do three to four questions. I try to pick a range of topics and we're going to dive into question one now. What are your top tips on changing a negative pattern and accepting the body you are in? There's more context to this listener's question, so I'm going to read out the rest. This was sent in by the listener. Over the past couple of years, I have lost over 50 kilos. Since my weight loss did not happen overnight, I spent such a long time trying to fix and change myself to get where I wanted to be. Now that I'm finally here, I still feel like I'm in that mindset. I'm still always trying to fix something about my body or what I look like. I nitpick myself in the mirror and my mind is always searching for something negative about myself to fix. Even though I'm at a size I dreamed about being and never thought I would be able to get where I am. Now, thank you so much to this listener for being so open and being so raw and sending this to me. I just want to give you a huge hug. I love your self-awareness and I love the fact that you articulated everything so clearly. It shows me that you have a great level of self-awareness about you and it shows me that you have been on a long journey with your body. I also want you to also want to encourage you to listen to that body image episode that I did. We did it a little while ago, but that has some great tips in there. And I'm going to give you a few more now too. But the first thing I really want to discuss in relation to this is you can change this mindset. And I know you might feel a little bit helpless at the moment or a little bit lost, but it is absolutely possible. And while I don't have the exact same lived experience as you, I am still proud of you, obviously, for achieving something you wanted. But I really want to try and guide you or move you to a place where you can be at peace with your body, you can vibe with your body, and you can just be chill and neutral to your body. I also want to remind you that there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you now. And there was nothing wrong with you even when you were at the weight 50 kilos heavier. This is what I hate about diet culture and dieting. It reinforces the messages that you aren't enough. It reinforces the messaging that what you look like is dependent on everything else. And a lot of the time, 
people have success with dieting because it's as a result of feeding themselves really terrible negative self-talk. I know that many people also equate weight loss to happiness, and that is not always the case. There are also studies that show that you may not feel more happy or confident after losing the weight. What science shows is that to improve your happiness, you actually need to address what's on the inside. It has nothing to do with what you look like, and it has everything to do with your emotions and any emotional issues. It goes back to how I talk about tying your happiness to external things. I always say we don't do that. It's not good to tie your happiness to a boyfriend, to the dream weight, to a job, to a holiday, to the nice house, to the shiny car. You know why? Because all those things are external to you. It's what's on the inside that can really drive that happiness, what's on the inside that can really drive that joy. And so I want to give you some tips on what I would recommend this listener to do. My first one is harsh, but it is to stop dieting and to stop exercising to lose weight or maintain your weight. You actually need to break the cycle completely. And I say this because it is so important that you start to find exercise that just brings you joy, that you do because you enjoy it and you like it, not because you are punishing yourself, not because you are trying to make yourself smaller, not because you were trying to lose weight. It also looks like cutting the dieting, stop restricting food, stop counting calories, stop tracking macros, eating balanced. It looks like not weighing yourself anymore, not measuring yourself anymore, not fixating on the things that you have been fixating for all of these years. You can move your body and you can eat well and at the same time you can feed your body neutral or positive messages and you can still achieve your goal this way. You need to move from that criticizing to that celebration and compassion, which is my tip number two. And that is practice self-compassion and actually practice it. I always talk about this. And for me, I always just try to like accept myself as I am. Even if I do want to make changes, even if I do want to change something about me, you can accept yourself and be compassionate about yourself and still do that in a happier or neutral way. And studies actually show that individuals with higher levels of self-compassion tend to have lower levels of body dissatisfaction and feel more positive about their body. Research also shows that people who treat themselves kindly have been linked to more successful long-term weight loss. So that is proof that being kind to yourself or treating yourself with compassion and treating yourself with kindness will actually help your long-term goal. And the best way that I can explain this to you or how you actually practice it, like the physical how, is to treat yourself like you would your friend. You wouldn't talk to your best friend the way that you talk to yourself when you look in the mirror. You wouldn't talk to your sister or your mum like that. So why would you talk to yourself like that? Keep note every time these thoughts come up and a way that you do this is just to carry like a little journal around or even your notes app. The next time you have that thought, write it down, write down what is coming up for you and when. And then what I would recommend to do after that, once you have it written down and you just monitor yourself for a week or two, try to then rewrite some of those things or all of those things in a more positive or neutral way so that you can then interrupt it the next time and replace it with a better thought, replace it with a thought that feels compassionate, replace it with a thought that is not criticizing. And then my last tip is to celebrate your body and other parts of you. Your body is working hard to keep you alive. It carries you day in, day out. Celebrate what it can do for you. What it looks like 
is actually the least interesting thing about you. There are also so many other amazing qualities about you and amazing elements to you as a human. Embrace those. Channel your energy there. Life is also really short and it is not worth spending it at war with your body or in your mind. Obviously, I do have a duty of care. And so if this listener is struggling, I do recommend you chatting to your GP or you can check out the Butterfly Foundation. I will put some links in the show notes. I'm sending you all my love and I'm thinking of you and I hope that you can get to that peaceful place with yourself. Question number two, a little bit of a change of pace. What is the best way to deal with missing an ex? It's been four weeks and he is all I think about. And guys, it's been a hot minute since I did a breakup question. What the hell? I am sending this listener so much love as well. Four weeks, in my opinion, is not is not that long. Four weeks, in my opinion, is okay to still be missing them. I think you are very much in the thick of that first phase of the breakup, that really messy phase, that really like, oh, uncomfortable, horrible phase. Your brain is still trying to understand why this person is not in your life. Your brain is trying to like grasp the fact that your routine and your habits have been flipped on their head. And that's okay. It does take time. And I've got some advice for you that I think might be able to help. The first bit of advice is to realize it's okay to miss them and accept it and realize it's normal. Stop judging yourself for missing them. It's part of the process. It's actually part of healing. It's okay to miss them. And I know you want it to go away. I know you want it to stop. I've been in your shoes. Trust me, I've been in your shoes. But this is part of the healing process. And you don't want to suppress it. You don't want to make it go away. You actually have to feel it to let it pass and feel it and acknowledge it and label it so that it can move past. These feelings, so you know, will happen less and less over time and the healing will start to happen. And it's happening because you don't have them in your life anymore. As I said, your brain is still adjusting. As you adjust to that, as you start to heal and rebuild your life, you will start to miss them less and less. My next tip is to resist the urge. Now, urges are normal. It's that feeling that tells you, text them, call them, quickly stalk them on Instagram, quickly see what they're doing on Snapchat. What are they doing on TikTok? It's really normal to have the urge. It's okay to have the urge. I'm not telling you to not have the urge, but what is important is to not act on them in a way that doesn't serve you. So the next time you miss him, grab your journal out. Instead of texting him, instead of calling him, instead of stalking him, text a friend instead. Write down what you want to say to him in your journal. Go for a walk. Go put on a song that you love. Whatever you are going to say to them, write it down for yourself. I am a big fan of no contact in the healing stage. I know that no contact is not possible for everyone, especially if you have a kid, especially if you work together. I know that there are other exceptions to the rule. But if you can go no contact and if you can resist these urges, that will help your healing as well. Essentially, I just want you to be doing the things that make you feel better in that moment instead of picking habits that will make you feel worse. And by all means, if you don't want to listen to me, be my guest, go and stalk them, get your feelings hurt, go and call them, go and text them. They might not reply. They might say something terrible to you and that will leave you feeling worse than before. Obviously, I'm trying to give you advice based on my own experience. I remember right after my last breakup, I went stalking. And I got my feelings hurt so badly. We had been broken up for only three weeks and I went to go stalk and what I saw I didn't like. And so it's not worth it. 
save yourself that pain and do the things that make you feel better. And then my last tip here is to do a relationship autopsy. Now, I can't take credit for this. I did hear it on a YouTube video and I will link that YouTube video in the show notes. But this is doing a whole ass journal activity, sitting down, grabbing your pen, grabbing your paper and looking long and hard at the relationship. Taking off your rose colored glasses, taking your ex off that pedestal that you're putting them on and sit down and ask yourself, why did the relationship end? What caused it to end? What do you want to leave behind in this relationship? What hurt you in this relationship? What do you want to take into the next relationship? And then the main activity that I recommend, it's two parts. The first thing is to write down all of the things you want in a future partner, all of the amazing qualities. Think of it as like your future boyfriend wish list. Write all of those things down. The next part of the activity is to write down the good and bad qualities about your ex. Now, I'm not saying this is to talk shit about your ex. This is basically just so you can compare what your ideal partner looks like versus your ex. Because what it does, it takes off the rose-colored glasses, it takes them off that pedestal, and you can see the difference between why your relationship ended, what wasn't going well in that relationship, what about that partner wasn't working for you, and that can also help you in the healing process too. Good luck. It will pass. As I said, listen to the breakup episode. Even go back and watch my healing series on TikTok. Even though that series makes me cringe so fucking hard, there are some really good TED Talks in there, podcasts in there, journal activities in there, lots of stuff that you can do each day to try and start that healing process for you. Sending you all my love and I hope that you'll be okay soon. Question number three. I work for a really rude, awful boss, but the pay is really good. Do I stay or leave? Now, we kind of answered this in the my boss is a bully question, but I don't think there is enough discourse about bad bosses. And so I wanted to unpack it a little bit more. Obviously, in the last question, career progression was the driver. In this question, money is the driver. And as I always say, I can't tell you what to do, but I can give you some of my tips. And my first point always would probably just be to communicate it, to see if you can make some amends or to see if you can make some progress with your boss. Obviously, I don't know what sort of support you need. I don't know how awful your boss is being or what they are doing, but perhaps you could have a chat to them about voicing your needs, asking for what you want. I do wholeheartedly believe that communication can go a long way and managing people can be really hard for some people, especially if they haven't done it before. Sometimes they need to be shown how to manage you. Obviously, though, A difficult boss may not be open to hearing feedback or may not be open to that conversation. If you can start there, I would recommend starting there, especially if you like other elements of the job and especially if the pay is really, really good and you actually don't really want to leave, that could be a starting option for you. My second tip though is if you want to quit, that's okay. I back you. Chances are if you are being paid a certain wage, similar roles at competing companies could likely honor a similar rate. I don't know what industry you are in, but if you negotiate well on your way into the next job, the pay can follow you. You can also look at another option, which may be moving areas in the business. Obviously, I don't know what you're doing for work. I don't know what your team is like, but you could still stay with the company. Again, potentially when you move departments or move roles, 
it's not likely that you take a pay cut. I mean, sometimes it is, but most of the time, if you negotiate well, you should be able to take that pay with you. I actually just had a thought. We should do a career episode where I talk about asking for a pay rise. I need to do that. I'm just, sorry, I'm thinking out loud. We'll put that in the polls as well. That will, I'll watch that back when I am, um, before we <laughs> publish this episode live. But sometimes, as I said, you can still keep the pay. And if the pay is like the only thing driving you, don't be afraid to look elsewhere. There are jobs out there paying the same amount of money. There are jobs out there paying more amount of money. It's like that quote that it's like, don't let, this is the best I'll ever get. Keep me in that place. Whether it's a job, a relationship, the amount that you're paid. There is more out there. Believe that there is more out there. My next tip is if you can't quit, make sure you have a good support network. So it can be really hard working for an awful boss. It can be really hard working in a stressful environment. Make sure that you've got friends and family to lean on. Make sure that you've, if you have a partner, you can lean on your partner. Or if you've got some colleagues that you trust, you can lean on them. We spend so much time at work. Most of us in our life will probably work the equivalent of full-time hours, sometimes more. If it is really bringing you down, the other relationships in your life or the other outlets in your life are going to have to be really strong and are going to be really important to help carry you. And this trails into my next tip, which is to look after your health in other areas. So making sure that your sleep is okay, making sure that you're moving your body, making sure that you're eating well, making sure that you're staying hydrated. All of those things, you're probably thinking, what does that have to do with anything, Adele? But it is looking after yourself because of the subconscious impact that working for someone like that can take on you, especially, I don't know how bad it really is, but sometimes working in that environment, you can start to internalize these things about yourself and start to, depending on what your boss is saying to you, believe what they're saying. And so it's making sure you practice mindfulness. It's making sure you practice being compassionate to yourself. And it's really not letting your boss's behavior get to you. Those side effects of working for a rude or awful boss are real. And so you do have to look after yourself in other areas. And then my last tip is to chat to HR. I've actually worked for some companies that don't have a HR team. And I feel like that's probably worse than, um, yeah, that, that makes it hard. So if you've got a HR team, chat to them. The reason I say that is because they can provide some guidance or assistance and maybe help you find some solutions or ways to kind of fix it moving forward. And then just to end this question, know when it's okay to go and knowing that quitting is okay. And sometimes that is the only solution and the best solution. I would say if you dread going to work every day, if you feel physically, mentally exhausted, if you spend more time thinking about your boss than your work, if you have stress from work creeping into every other area of your life, if your self-esteem and your confidence has dipped, these are all signs that it might be time to pull the pin. I know that the fear of quitting is real. I know that the fear of the unknown is real. But staying in jobs like that is not good for your health long-term either. So don't be afraid to ask for more and don't be afraid to stand up for yourself and get what you deserve. Good luck to that listener. And then we'll dive into the last question. Oh, just on the last one. Sorry, guys. If you have been in a circumstance like that, please come into our Facebook group. I see it so much with a lot of the questions where, and it's human nature to stay in jobs that don't serve us because it's comfortable, because it's familiar. And sometimes the unknown seems more scary than what we do know. But 
I know when I've left jobs because of bosses or because of things I was unhappy, I was always then rewarded in the next place because it was better and the grass ended up being greener. So come and share your stories in the group if you have any, because I think it'd be nice for people to see the evidence from others and know that others have done it so that they can do it too. There is power in sharing that in the community. Last question, how to be a supportive friend when you don't necessarily agree with their decisions? And I actually answered this on my AMA last night in a little text box, but I loved the question. So I wanted to put it on here forever. And I said it last night, I don't have any more context here, but I think it can be really hard, especially when you want to be a good friend to your friend, but watching them do something that you don't want them to do or watching them make a decision, especially when we almost want to protect them, can be really, really challenging. I've been both types of friends. I have been the friend that didn't listen to my friends, when they, especially when they were telling me not to do something or telling me that they didn't agree with something. I have also been the friend that wanted my friend to listen and that was telling them don't do this because of X, Y, Z. I actually used an example of our friend dating a guy who we know is a walking red flag. And it can be so hard, especially if you have watched them cry, especially if you have had their back, especially if you have already supported them and seeing them go and repeat the decision or repeat the behavior, especially when you don't want them to do it, can be really challenging. But this is where I think being a supportive friend is really important. Supportive friends are so important to our health and to our life. And don't get me wrong, I think with everything I tell you guys, balance, and there's obviously a spectrum, there are some pretty clear cut things that I would put down my foot on, right? I'm talking like illegal shit or infidelity, drugs, stuff like that. Any situation where I could see my friends going against their values or doing something completely out of character. I would call them out on that. And I think a good friend, yes, does call them out on their behavior and that is okay as well. But do it in a way that doesn't have the judgment, that is kind, that is compassionate and letting them know the reasons why you don't agree. Speaking your mind and then like leaving it there, not continually beating your friend up about it. Our friends are humans. They're going to go off and do what they want to do at the end of the day. And so in circumstances where my friends go and do things, I would still try to have their back and let them almost get annoyed at me for voicing my opinions. Um, But obviously in those extreme circumstances, I don't know if I could just like sit by. I think on that really extreme scale, sometimes that can even be the ending of friendships when our friends do something that really infringes our values as well. But then on the other hand, if you've got something on like the other end of the scale, which is not as serious I'm almost of the belief that you have to let your friends make their own mistakes. I know you want to protect them and have their back, but as I said, our friends are just having a human experience. They're not always going to make the best choices. They're not always going to make the right choices. Give them that grace and trust that if they fuck up or they make the mistake, that they will learn from that. Supporting them when shit does hit the fan, especially if you know that shit's going to hit the fan and not saying to them, I told you so, because that can be really annoying as well. They'll need your support when shit hits the fan and hopefully they learn for the next time. Now, this listener sounds like a really good friend to their friend and I know that you obviously care for your friend. So I'm sending you guys both so much love and I hope that you can work through whatever it is. 
But at the same time, sometimes we have to let our people that we love make their own mistakes and just let them know that we'll be there when they need it. All right, guys, we're going to wrap the show there. I hope that you have a beautiful weekend. I hope that you have something fun planned and I hope that you've got something self-care planned as well. Do something kind for yourself. If you are not already, follow us on Instagram. It is Your Safe Space Pod. Join us in the Facebook group, Your Safe Space Podcast Community. Follow me at Adele Marie. Leave us a review on Apple, a rating on Spotify, and share it on your Instagram story when you're listening. It helps us keep this little independent podcast running and it goes a long way. I'm so grateful for you guys. I will see you for Sunday on our Sunday episode. And yeah, catch you next time. Bye.